And I'm going to read you Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. <laughs> Chapter 1 Down the Rabbit Hole. I was getting so very bored sitting with her sister on the river bank. She had nothing to do, she was just wondering if making a Daisy Chin was the word of trouble to get up to pick the daisy when she saw a rabbit in the waistcoat. Oh dear, I'll be late, cried the red rabbit. I didn't think it was strange that the rabbit was talking to himself, but she did find it odd when the rabbit took a watch out of his coat pocket. She never seen a rabbit with a watch, much less a pocket in which to keep it. Alice was burning with curiosity before her sister could stop her. She ran after the white rabbit. She he hopped into a large rabbit hole and she jumped in after him. And then she was falling and falling. Down, 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 would the fall never end? There's nothing else to do, so Alice talked aloud to herself. Dina will miss me much tonight, she said. Dina was Alice Katz. Dina, my dear, I wish you would down here with me. There are no mice in the air, I'm afraid. But you might catch a bat, and a bat is like a mouse. But do catches bats, I wonder? Alice was getting sleep. The fall was just too very long, she mumbled. Do cats eat bats? Do cats eat bats? And sometimes, do bats eat cats? She couldn't answer either question, so... It didn't really matter which which she said it. Suddenly, thump! She landed on a pile of dry leaves. The fall was over. Alice was not hurt one bit. Up ahead, she saw the white rabbit hurrying down a long hallway. She ran after him but lost him around the corner. Then there were doors all around her but all signal was locked. Alice felt so sad. She come all this way and had lost the rabbit. And worse, now she was stuck. And then she saw a small glass table. On top was a tiny gold key. When she turned around, she saw a little door that hadn't been there before. Fifteen inches high. To her delight, the key fit the lock perfectly. The door opened into a passage the size of a rabbit rat hole. Alice got on her knees to peek through. 
What she saw was the most loveliest garden ever. She wanted to wish colorful flowers, but not even her head could fit into the tiny doorway. It's no use. I just went back to the little table and set the kid down. Now there was a tiny bottle on the table. She saw it hadn't been there before. In the bottle where the world went. Alice was far too wise to drink a bottle just because it told her to. She knew she could see Percy was marked poison. The bar the bottle which meant that she could drink it and drink it she did why curious feeling and they said curious indeed as was thinking to the blink of eye she was only ten inches high now she could go in the garden with poor Alice. When she went to the tiny door, she found it locked again. And when she went to the key, she discovered that she was far too small to reach in the top of the table. She sat down on the floor and cried. They know you're crying! As called herself. She liked to pretend to be two people. There's no use pretending to be two people now, she thought. There's hardly enough for me left to be one whole person. Just then her eyes fell on a little glass box under the table. And it was a small cake. The words, eat me, were written on the top of raisins. Well, I'll eat it. Alice, if it makes me go larger, said Alice, how can you reach the key? If it makes me go smaller, I can leave the door. I do. We all get into the garden. Alice took the tiniest bite. Which way, she said to herself, was quite surprised too when she was still the same size. This is usually what happened when one is cake, but Alice was why not just used to strange things happening. It seemed dull for another to happen at all, so she took another bite. Soon she had eaten the entire cake. Mm. Chapter 2 The Pool of Tears Curiouser and Curiouser Alice said she was now going 
toward the ceiling. Goodbye, Fred, she added. She could barely see them anymore. Oh, my poor little feet. I wish I wonder who would put on your shoes and socks now. I kept going. She wondered how she would get a new pair of socks to her feet now and that she could no longer reach them. They were so very far away that she decided she would have to mirror them. As she thought this, her head hit the ceiling. She was more than nine feet tall. She quickly grabbed the golden key and hurried for the garden door. Poor Alice, she's far too huge to fit through it now. All she could do was to lie down and peek into the garden with one eye. Of course, she began to cry again. You should be ashamed, she scolded herself. Did herself. A big girl like you crying this way, it didn't help. She kept crying. Shedding gallons of tears. So there was a large pool on the floor. It was about four inches deep and reached halfway down the path. Then she heard footsteps. It was the white rabbit. He had dressed up in a fancy sword and was carrying white gloves and large fan. And she hurried around, he muttered. Oh, the Duchess, she will be awful if I keep her waiting. If you please her, I just called to him. The rabbit jumped at her, her eyes. Voice. The rabbit jumped at her voice. In fact, he was so startled, he dropped his finding gloves and then, then ran away, leaving them behind. I just picked up and, and the white gloves. The hallway was so very hot. She started to find her face, talking to herself as she breaks. How strange everything is today. I wonder if I was changed in the night. Let me think. Was I the same when I got up this morning? I think I will remember feeling a little different. But I'm not me. The next question is, who am I? That's the puzzle. She thought about all the other children. She couldn't be Ada, because Ada's there was coming. She couldn't be because she lots of things and maybe knew very little. Besides, as I said, she's she and I'm I.
how confusing. I should see if I know all the things I need to know. Let's see. Four times five is twelve. And four times six is thirteen. And four times seven is oh dear. I'll never get to twenty that way. Let's try geography. London is the capital of Paris and Paris is the capital of Rome. No, that's wrong. I must be neighbor. So try to receive going to you. But her voice sounded rough and strange in her the words came all wrong. Alice, I will be tears again. If I'm neighbor, I'll stay down here forever, she said. As she said this, she knew she was wearing one of the rabbit gloves. She must have put it on while she was talking. How did I do that? The glove has been far too small. I must be swimming again. As we turned to the table, she guessed she was two feet tall and smaller. She realized it might be the fun she was using to call herself. And I stopped the fun and it flushed. She was just in time to save herself from shrinking away to nothing. That was a narrow escape. I said. She was quite relieved to see that she was still there. She ran out to the garden door, but it was locked again. The golden key was back on the table. Things are Worse than ever. Uh, I just thought. I've never been this much small before. Never. Suddenly, my, her foot slipped. And there was a splash. She was up to her chin in the salt water. At first, she is falling into the sea. The, then she realized there was a pool of tears. She cried when she was nine feet tall. As family, I'm looking for it. Shall be punished for crying too much, she said. I'll be drowned in my own tears. Something splashed nearby. At first, a glance, she thought it was a walrus or a hippo. Then she 
realized it was on the mouse. Everything was so strange down here. It won't be strange at all if the mouse could talk. Spoke it. It was first. Oh, mouse. She can't. She thought this might be the proper way to call mouse. Oh, mouse, do you know the way out? Dwarfs met her eyes, but she did not reply. You must not understand English. I stop. Maybe they're friends of mouse. So she called. Oh, is Mark Chart? That is the first sentence in first sentence. She forgot until she said a word that it meant. Where is my cat? The mouse leaped out of the water. I beg your pardon. I forgot you don't like cats. No, like cats. The mouse said in a shrill voice. What? Would you like cats if you were me? Maybe not. I said. Please don't be angry. I wish I could show you a cat dinner. I think you like cats if you saw her. She such a sweet quiet little thing Alice kept talking on Alice is smart she purrs purrs and she throws up and she throws it at cat's mouth oh I'm excited sorry the mouse said looked especially odd. Mouse looked especially offended. We won't talk about dinner so why not? We indeed the mouse quiet was trembling. As if I would talk about them. Cats! Nasty tunes! Only let me hear the word again. I will. Try to think of something else to talk about. Are you fond of dogs? The mouse started to swim away. Oh, I offered them again. Oh, I offered them again, Alice She called after him. Mouse, please come back. We won't talk about cats or dogs either. And Mouse called back to her. This furry face 
turn very pale. Let's find Cheryl to her and then I'll tell you the story of why I hate cats and dogs. This seems like a good idea to Alice. Port had become very crowded with animals that had fallen. She saw Dodo and Larry and many other creatures. Together she swam to the shore. Chapter 3 A Cow Kiss Race gathered on the bank of the pool of tears but they were cranky they were soaking wet and very uncomfortable they had a lot of long talk about how to get dry Alice found herself talking with them she knew them all her life it seemed quite natural. At last, a mouse spoke up. Sit down. Off you. Listen. I know how to make you dry. They sat in a circle with the mouse in the middle. Are you ready? He called. This is the driest thing I know. Then he began to talk about cultists. He went on and on. And like he's reading out loud from the most boring book. Ugh, said the lobby with a shiver. The mouse talked on and on. It was awfully dull. After a while, he paused. He turned to Alice. How are you, my dear? Yes. As red as ever. Alice said. It doesn't see me. Try me at all. In that case, the dodo spoke up. The best thing to get us dry would be a calcus race. What is a calcus race? Said, the best way to explain is to do it, the dodo said. The dodo walked off a race course. It was sort of a circle. He said the exact shape didn't matter. When Alice and the animals were told to start running whenever they wanted on the circle, they could start whenever they wanted. They could also stop wherever they wanted. Because this was hard to know when the race was over. After they had been running for half an hour or so, they would try again. The dodo called out. The race is finished. The creatures quieted longer. 
die Moment, auch das Everybody has won. Dodo said after much thought. And almost have prizes. But who will give the prizes? Creatures next. She will, of course, said the Dodo, as if we are obvious. Twice. He pointed at Alice. I am the one her. You jumped up and down. Prizes! Hmm. Prizes! They yelled. Amelia had no, has no idea what to do. Finally, she pushes out a box of candies from her pocket. She was lucky that the salt water had not thrown them. She handed out the candies as prizes. They were exactly one piece for everyone, except for herself. She must have a prize too. She must have a prize too, said the mouse. Of course, the daughter replied. What else do you have in your pocket? Yes, it's only timber. I said sadly. Hand it over, said the dodo. Then they all crowded around her again. The dodo presented the timber to Alice as surprise. He gave a short speech and everybody cheered. Alice thought the whole thing very absurd, but it looked so serious she didn't laugh. Finally, the animals sat in a circle again. You promised to tell me your story, Alice reminded the mouse. She added in a whisper, and why is your head? C and D. Mine is long and sad too, said the mouse. It's a long tail. As said, she gazed in wonder at the mouse tail. But what do you call it sad? She asked, puzzled. The, mu the mouse had started his story, but Alice was still thinking about of his tail. You are not paying attention, the mouse snapped. What are you thinking about? I beg your pardon, Alice said politely. You had reached the middle. I am not! The mouse had quite 
not. I said, she always wanted to make herself useful. Let me have you untie it. The mouse got up and walked away. You insult me by talking such nonsense. He sniffed. I didn't mean it. And let's plead it. Please come back and finish your story. But the mouse hurried away. What a pity. The light said inside. I wish I had our dinner here. Alice said she will soon fetch him back. And who's Dina? said Jack. Dina's a cat, Alice said without thinking. She's so good at catching mice, and you sh should see her go after birds. She'll eat a bird as soon as look at it. This caused a rush of excitement among the creature and the ran off eating the thing directions. Alice was so not alone. I wish I hadn't mentioned Dina, she said sadly. No one around here seems to like her. Alice began to cry again. She was feeling sorry for herself. Then she heard footprints in this distance. She looked up. She hoped it might be the mouse ready to her and finish her, her story. <laughs> Chapter 4 The Rabbit Sends in a Little Bill It was the white rabbit. He was hurrying to the hall muttering. The Duchess! Oh! My fur and whiskers, she will be so angry. Where did I drop them? I just realized she must, she must be searching for his fan and white gloves. She started to look for them too. But they were nowhere to be seen. That's when the rabbit noticed her. Mary Ann! He yelled. What are you doing here? Run home and fetch me my gloves are fan. And he fan quickly. Alice was so frightened. She ran off at once. She even didn't tell her name. Was not Mary Ann. He thought I was my maid. He said as she ran out of the hallway. How surprised he'll be. Still, I better get his fan and gloves. It, if I can't find them. So she said, just to realize that long in this. She came upon a small world and then happened along a little house. You went? Brass plate on the door said double point rabbit. She watched in and hurried upstairs. How strange to be running errands for a rabbit. Alice said, I suppose I'll be running errands for dinner next.
Upstairs, she found a fan and few pairs of gloves. She grabbed them and was just about to leave when she spotted a tiny bottle. There's no label on that it said drink me, but she decided to drink it anyway. I know something interested will happen. She said, I hope I'll go large again. I'm so tired, tired of being such a tiny little thing. It did make her go on fast, but only finished half of the bottle when she felt her head against the ceiling. She quickly dropped bottle. That's enough, she said. I hope I don't go more. That's enough, she said. I hope I don't go more. As it is, I can't get out of the door. But it was too late. She went on going away. So she had to kneel on the floor. In another minute, there wasn't room for her to do even that. She had to lie down on with one elbow against the door. Then she had for her to do even that. She had to lie down with one elbow against the door. She had to put one arm in the window and one foot up the chimney. Finally, she stopped home. That was good because there was nowhere else to go. But because she was also very uncomfortable and there were no chance of getting her out. Mary Ann! She heard from outside the window. Get me my gloves this minute. The white rabbit trembled to get in his mouth thousand times bigger than he had no reason to be afraid. Then I'll, <laughs> I'll go and try the window. I heard him say, you not. And I stopped when she heard the, uh, heard the rabbit under the window. He reached up his hand and grabbed at it. She saw it small greenhouse outside and trying not to hit it. But the robin must have knocked into himself because he heard this shriek.
and the crash of the broken cat. And this heard the rabbit cry. Tell me, what's in that window? Another voice. And I assumed it was Pat's answers. It, it's an arm, your honor. It's not yeah, no, it's got no business here. The rap with the other. Take it away. Alice spread her fingers and grabbed at the air again. This time there were two little sweeps and more sounds of the broken glass. She saw. Some she heard something being reeled over. There were many voices talking. Where the other laughing? Bill's got it. Bill bring it. It's here. Putting them in this corner. No, tie them together first. They don't reach high enough. They'll do just fine. Bill catch. Hold off this rope. Mind a loose angle. Single. Oh, it's coming down. Look out below. A loud crash. <laughs> Bill, look what you did. Who go then? The chimney. Bill, of course. Bill, the master said you have got to go down the chimney. So... Bill's going down the chimney, is he? I said, they make Bill do everything. Alice had her foot in the fireplace. She waited until she heard scratching in the chimney. Then give a little kick. There goes Bill! She heard the voices say, there's something scrambling to catch him. The rabbit shouted, Burn the house down! Now Alice had enough. She called as out as she could. If you do, I'll set din on you. Dead silence. <laughs> Alice waited to see what they'll do next. A shower of pebbles came toward the window, set some hicker in the face. But when the pebbles fell to the floor. They turned into little kids. If I ate one and sort to change my size, it couldn't possibly make me larger, so it must be making me smaller. And swallowed the kid. She thrilled to find herself shrinking. When she was small enough to fit to the door, she ran outside. Then she saw the crowd of animals. In the mid, in the middle of the crowd, a lizard was being bandaged up by two guinea pigs. Alice wondered if the 
Lizard, poor Bill, the animal shed kicked out of the chimney. Everyone else watched that Alice, but she ran madly into the woods. The first thing I've got to do, as as she wandered in the woods, is go my white size. Then I need to find that lovely garden. It's an excellent plan. The only thing was she had no idea how to, to do it. I suppose I should eat or drink something. I'll say. But who are? She looked around. There were flowers and trees and grass. grass. But there was nothing obvious to eat or drink. There's a large mushroom going in her. It was about her height. She looked under it and on both sides of it and behind it. And then she decided she may as well look on top of it. She stood on tiptoe and peeked over the edge of the mushroom. Her eyes met up a giant blue caterpillar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Chapter 5 The caterpillar gazed at Eric for quite some time and Silence. At last, he spoke in a low, sleepy voice. Who are you? He asked. I, I hardly know, sir. Alice found herself saying, I knew who I was. This morning, but I think I changed several times since then. Explain yourself! The caterpillar snapped. I can't explain myself, sir. I said sadly. Because I'm not myself, you see. I don't see, said the caterpillar. Being so many different sizes in one day is very confusing, Alice said. It isn't, the caterpillar said. Maybe you don't think so now, Alex said. But when you turn into a butterfly one day, I think you'll feel a bit strange, don't you? Not a bit, said the caterpillar. Well, maybe... You would feel no different. I will like listen. Or I know it feels very strange to me. You said the caterpillar. Who are you? Which brought them back to the beginning. Alice was getting annoyed. I think you should tell me who you are first, she said. Why? This was a puzzling question, since Alice couldn't 
not think of a good reason and since the caterpillar said so grumpy, she turned away. Come back, the caterpillar said. I have a, um, something important to say. The sound from the thing. I'll return to the mushroom to hear it. Keep your head, the caterpillar said. Is it all? And I said, no. The caterpillar was silent for a long while. At last, he said, What size do you want to be? She thought a moment, a little larger. She said, three inches. Is a wedged height to be. It's a very good height, the caterpillar shouted. He stretched himself out to his foot. He was exactly three inches tall. We're not used to it, Alice cried. You'll get used to it, the caterpillar said. Finally, he yawned and shook himself. Then he got off the mushroom and crawled away. He called out. One side will make you go tired. Other side will make you go shorter. One side of what? I just thought the other side of what? Of the mushroom, the caterpillar said, as if she had said it out loud. He called out of sight. Alice looked at the mushroom. She tried to decide which side was which. The mushroom was perfectly round, so it was hard to tell. At last, she stretched her arms around so far as they would go. She broke a bit of the mushroom in each hand. She nibbled a little from her right hand. The next moment, she felt a hard mark under her chin. Her chin struck her foot. Frightened, she tried to nibble some from her left hand. Her chin was so close to her foot. There was hardly room to open her mouth. She was able to squeeze in just one bite. She began to grow. My hair's free at last, she cried. When she looked down, all she could see was a long length of neck. It rose like a stalk from a sea of green leaf below. What can that green stuff be, Alice? And where have my shoes? 
is gone. I know my poor hands. How I, is it? I can't see you. This there seemed to be no chance of getting her hands up to her head. So that she decided to get her hands down to her hands. Alice was delighted to find that her neck could bend easily in any direction like a snake. She zigzagged her head toward the trees. Finally, she found her hands. She said, to work, carefully nibbling one piece of the mushroom and then the other. She grew sometimes taller and sometimes shorter. At last, she brought herself down to her usual height. With this done, she said to find the flower garden. Suddenly, she spied a house in the distance. The house was very small. She didn't want to scare whoever lived inside, so she's a little, not a, of the mushroom. She didn't go near the house until she was nine inches tall. Chapter 6 Pig and Pepper Chapter 6 Pig and Pepper Alice wasn't sure if she should knock on the door. Suddenly, a footman ran out of the woods. She thought of him as a footman because he was wearing a fancy uniform. If she were judging by his face, she, she would have thought of him as a fish. The fish footman knocked on the door. Another footman, this one with the face of a frog, opened it. The boat were powdered white wicks. Alice crept close to the house to listen. The fish footman gave the frog footman a giant letter for the Duchess. He announced an invitation for the queen to play croquet. Then they bowed very low and the wigs got stuck together. Alice laughed so hard she had to hide deep in the woods. When Alice came out of the woods, the fish footman was gone. The frog footman was sitting by the door, staring onto the sky. Alice approached the door and knocked. You know, you the knocking. The frog footman said for two reasons. One, I am on the same side of the door as you are. And two, because you're making so much noise inside, 
no one could hear you. There was a lot of noise inside the house. I just heard howls and sneezes, and every now and then a great crash. I shall sit here. The Fog of the mindset until tomorrow. At this point, the door opened. A large plate came flying out straight at the fog of the mindset. Grace and nose and shattered on the ground. Or next day, maybe. The Walk footmen continue as if nothing had happened. I started to go inside and she stepped into a large kitchen. The judges were sitting on a store holding a quiet baby. The cook was leaning over the fire stirring stove. This room was filled with the smell of the soap. Alice sneezed. There's too much pepper in that soap, she said, quiet. There was also too much many pepper in there. The Duchess sneezed. Even the baby stopped crying to sneeze. The only two creatures in the room who did not sneeze were the cook and the large cat. The cat sat on the ground, grinning from ear to ear. Please, would you tell me? Alice began, not wanting to be rude. What did you... Cat grin like that. It's a Chester cat. The Duchess. That's why pig. I just jumped, thinking the Duchess was talking about her. That's why pig. And jumped, thinking the Duchess was talking about her. Alice jumped, thinking the Duchess would talk about her. But it seemed she was talking to the baby. I just continued. I didn't know just a cat's grin. I didn't know cats could grin. You don't know very much, said the judges. The cook took the soap off the fire. Then she began throwing it 
thing you know about the Duchess and the baby. There's a shower of pots, pans, and dishes. The Duchess took no notice. The baby howled. Since it had been howling before, Alice wasn't sure if the Duchess were hurting or not. Please mind what you're doing. It's quite jumping out of the way. It's also stared by the baby's face. Oh, his poor nose. Here, the Duchess said. You hold it. You hold it. If you want, she puts the baby into Alice's arms. I must go ready to get ready to play croquet with the queen, the duchess added. She hurried out of the room. The cook threw a frying pan after her. The baby squirmed wildly in Alice's arms. She could barely keep a hold of it. She ran out of the house with the baby. I have to take this baby away with me, she thought. It's far too dangerous in there. The little thing grunted in her arms. Don't go on, she scolded. She pushed the blankets aside so she could see the baby's face. The baby had a odd nose. It looked more like it's now than a nose. Also, its eyes were terribly small. It wasn't a very cute baby. The baby grunted again. I just assumed it was probably this crying, but it couldn't be crying. There were no tears. If you're going to turn with my dear, Alice said in all seriousness, I have nothing more to do with you, the little thing. Grunted again loudly. I just looked into its face and laughed. This time, there could be no mistake. It was big. It seemed quite absurd for her to carry it any longer, so she said to pick down on the ground. It trotted. Happily away into the woods. Was a dreadful, ugly baby. Alice said, But it makes a rather handsome pig. Alice was starting to see the Cheshire cat set thing on the branch of a tree. The cat grinned at her. It looked nice enough. 
still had a very long claws and many teeth. She felt it should be treated with respect. Tissue cat, she is called up politely. Would you teach, tell me please which way to go from here? That depends on where you want to get. The Cheshire Cat said, I don't care where. Alice said, Then it doesn't matter which way you go, the Cheshire Cat answered. So long as I get somewhere. Just add dead. You are sure to do that if you walk long enough. And just to add another question what kind of people live around here? In that direction, said the sure cat. Women is right one. Loves a hatter. And in that direction. It pointed the other point. Loves a marsh here. Was it either? They are born mad. But I don't do be a want. My people, I said, you can't help that. We are all mad here. I'm mad. You are mad. How do you know I'm mad? <sighs> and this answer. You must be, said the Jesuit God. Or you won't have come here. Alice didn't think that for anything. Will it be then forget with the queen today? Sure. Cat said. I would like to very much. Alice said. But I haven't been invited yet. You see me, me dear, the Cheshire Cat said. Ah, then he, it vanished. Alice wasn't surprised. She was quite Used to all things happening by now. This treasure has appeared again. By the way, what became of the baby? It said, I nearly forgot to ask. It turned into a
<laughs> it turned into a pig. I said. I tried a word. No, can't say. Began to run again, but this time, quite slowly, beginning with the tear and ending with the grin. The grin remained some time after the rest of the cat had gone. I've seen eight cats without a grin. And I said, but you grin without a cat? That's the most curious. The most curious thing I've ever seen in my life. I just waited to see if the cat would re reappear. But it, when it didn't, she walked toward the marsh here. House. I've seen her before, she said to herself. The march here wouldn't be more interesting besides than me. Maybe he won't be running. Chapter 7, a mad tea party. Chapter 7, a mad tea party. When Alice reached the March Hare's house, she found the tea table set out in front. The March Hare and the Mad Hatter were having tea together. And the chair between them was a dumb mouse. He was fast asleep and they were resting their elbows on him and talking over his head. The table was far too large, large for just three. Teacups and plates were all set up at every place, even though the marcher, the mad hatter, and the dormouse was crammed together at one corner of the table. No, no, no! Be quiet when they saw Alice coming. There's plenty of room, Alice said. She sat down in a large armchair at one end of the table. Have some lemonade, the marcher said. Alice looked. Around the table, all she saw was tea. I don't see any lemonade, she said. There isn't any, said the marcher. Then that wasn't very polite of you to offer it, I said angrily. It wasn't very polite of you to sit down without being invited. Said the march here. Your hair once cutting, the hatter added. You shouldn't make personal marks, Alice said. It's rude. 
The hatcher opened his eyes very wide when she said this. But what he said to Alice was, "What dear after one is it?" He had taken out his pocket watch. She shook it and held it up to his ear. Alice tried to recall. It's the fort, she said. My dear, watch is too dangerous. Said the hatter. I told you, butter won't be good for it. He looked angrily at the marcher. It was the best butter. The marcher said, "Yes." But some crumbs have must have gotten in as well. The hatter grumbled. You should have put in it with the bread knife. The marshal took hold of the watch. Then he dipped it into his cup of tea. Alice walked with some curiosity. What a funny watch! She said. It tells the day of the month, but it doesn't tell what o'clock it is. Why should it? The hatter said. Does your watch tell you what year it is? Of course not," said Alice. But. Dad, because it stays the same year for a long time, just like mine. The hatter said. Alice was puzzled. I don't quite understand," she said as politely as could. "The dormouse is still asleep," said the hatter. He poured a little hot tea on his nose. The dormouse shook his head. Without opening his eyes, he mumbled, "Of course, just what I was going to say myself." The mouse here yawned. I want the young lady tell us a story. Alice was allowed. I don't. I'm afraid I don't have one," she said. "Then draw a mouse." The mouse and the mad hatter cried together. They pinched the draw mouse on both sides. The draw mouse slowly opened his eyes. I wasn't asleep," he said. The marshal demanded. Yes, please do. Alice found herself saying, "And be quick about it." The hatter added, "Ah,、oh, you will be asleep again before dawn." Once upon a time, there were three little sisters.
pajamas, pajamas quickly. There are new drawers Elsie, Lacey and Tilly and they left and the bottom of a well and what did they live on? Alice asked. He was always interested in questions of eating and drinking. They lived in Twister, the Dormouse said. Alice was quite sure the trick was sticky, sweet. Sweet moss. They couldn't have lived. I'm just that you know, she said. They would have been ill. So they were, said the drum mouse. Where we ill? But what did they live at the bottom of a well? She asked. Have some more tea? Wash here, said. I haven't had any yet. Alice said, so I had, can't take any more. You mean you can't take less? The hatcher said, it's easy to take more than nothing. Alice didn't want more to say this, so she helped herself to some tea. And she asked the Dormouse again, Why did they live at the bottom of a well? The Dormouse took a minute or two to think about it, and he said, It was a trestle well. There's no such thing wrong. Alice burst out. Said the hatter and the marshal, If you can be polite, finish the story yourself. The dormouse said. He started to sulk. No, please go on. <laughs> and the said, I won't interrupt again, I promise. And so the dormouse continued. The three sisters were learning to draw. What did they draw? Alice asked. She had already forgotten her promise. Treasure, the drama said. I want a clean cup, the hatter announced. Let's all move one place on. He moved to another chair, the drama Fall, moving into the hatcher's chair. The marshal moved into the dormouse chair. Alice unwillingly took the chair of the marshal here. The hatcher was the only one who gained anything from the chain. Alice was a good deal worse 
I've done before. Since the Marsha had not make joke onto his plate. They were learning to draw. The Dharma said, continuing the story. Then he yawned. He spoke again slowly, and they drew all sorts of things. Everything did begins with M. Why M? Alice said, Why not? said Marcia. Alice kept quiet. The Dormouth had closed his eyes. The hatter pinched him and he woke with a little shriek. He went on drowsy that begins with M. Such as mouse traps and and the moon and monsters. Did you ever see such a thing as a drawing of muchness and if you ask me, don't think. Alice started. Then you shouldn't talk, the hatter said. His words was more than Alice could be She stormed off in disgust. She walked as far away as she could from the tea table, but they didn't call after her. They didn't seem to care that she had gone. She looked back and saw that the hatcher and the marshal were trying to start the sleeping dormas and the teapot. That was the worst teapot they have ever been to in my whole life. Alice cried. As she said this, she noticed that one of the three nearby had a door leading into it. Without under another top, she stepped inside. Once again, she found herself in the little hallway with the little door and the little key on top of the little table. She quickly unlocked the door near the stem of the mushroom. She kept in her pocket until she was the perfect size to fit in it. Then at long last she went into the garden. Chapter 8 The Queen's Crooked Ground Large rose trees stood at the entrance to the garden. <clears throat> the rose is going on on it were white. Three garnets who looked like clean guards, was were busy painted them red. Curious, 
alles approached. Why are you She said, draw for cards in my tank. But it hurt cards, it is a little You see, miss. There should be a red rose tree. But we put the white one in by mistake. If the queen finds it, we will lose our heads, you know? And then moment the car next to him cried. The queen! The three gunners threw themselves on the ground hiding their faces. I just heard the sound of marching. She turned, excited to see the queen. First came the soldiers wearing clothes. Next came the courtiers wearing diamonds. Then came the royal children all wearing hearts. The queens and Alice recognized the white rabbit. He hurried by nervously, not noticing her. Then came the naval hearts, carrying the king, crown on a velvet cushion. All last of all came the king and the queen of hearts. When the queen saw Alice, she stopped. Who's this? She asked the name of her. She just bowed and smiled and surprised. Idiot! The queen shrieked. She turned to Alice. What is your name, child? My name is Alice, your majesty. And who are they? The queen asked. She pointed to the tree corner. They were still lying flat on the ground. Since they were lying on their faces, the pattern on their backs was the same as that of the rest of the pack. The queen could not tell if they were gardeners, soldiers, or three of her own children. How did I know? Alice said. She was surprised at her own courage. The queen turned crimson with fury. Off with her head! She screamed. Nonsense! Nonsense! Alice said. The queen's eyes blazed. Timidly, the king said to the queen, My dear, she's only child. The king turned away angrily. He who ordered the three gunners up. Off with your heads, he shouted. The queen, queen and king moved on. When they were gone, 
Alice hid the gardeners in a large flower. Are they heads off? The queen shouted behind her. Her soldiers were confused when they couldn't find the corners. What told the queen? You replied. The heads are gone, your majesty. That's right. The queen shouted. Can you play crooked? The Soldiers didn't answer. Instead, they looked up to Alice. Clearly, the question was meant for her. Yes! shouted Alice. Come on, then! roared the queen. So Alice walked with the rest of the royal guests through the crooked field. The white rabbit came up beside her. It's a very fine day, he said in high nervous voice. Very? Alice said, where's the duchess? The rabbit said, into his ear he whispered, the queen put her in prison. Get to your places, the queen commanded. The guests ran in all directions. Soon the game began. It was most curious crooked game. Alice had everything. The crooked walls were hedgehogs. The mallets were living, live, live flamingos. The soldiers had to stand on the heads and feet to make dance. Alice found the game rather difficult, mainly. Because she had a hard time controlling her flamingo. Every time she got into portion, it twisted its neck and looked up at her with the plus or this expression. She couldn't help but laugh. Plus, the hedgehog. Kept crawling away, and the soldiers always walking around to different spots, so the arts were never in the same place. The players. All played at the same time. They fought over hedgehogs. Soon the queen was 
stomping around. She's screaming, off with his head, or off with her head. Alice began to feel uneasy. What will become of me? She thought. They're dreadfully fond of getting rid of people's heads here. It's a wonder anyone here has a head. She's looking for a way to escape when she notices a curious shape in there. It looks like a grin. Grin without a head attached. Why? It's the Cheshire Cat, she said excitedly. Now I have someone to talk to. How are you getting on? asked the cat as soon as he had an, enough of her mouth to speak with. I don't think they play all fairly. Alice complained when Cat's ears appeared. How do you like the queen? The cat asked. Not at all. She's so extremely then she noticed that the queen was white behind her listening, likely to win. It's hard worth finishing again. As I said, the queen smiled and walked on. What are you talking to? The king asked Alice. He was standing behind her. Gave that Cheshire cat with great curiosity. A friend of mine, Alice said, a Cheshire cat. Allow me to introduce you. I would rather not, the Cheshire cat said. Don't be rude. The king snapped. This cat must be removed. He called to the queen. My dear, I wish you would have this cat removed. The queen had only one way to do that. Off with his head! She shouted without even looking over. But when the soldier arrived, there was an argument. Everyone turned to Alice to settle it. That just soldier said that you couldn't remove a head unless there was a body to remove it from. The king said that everything with a head could be beheaded. The 
Queen said, "If something wasn't done about us soon, she would remove everybody's head." The crowd looked very curious, nervous. Alice could think of nothing to say upset. The cat belongs to the Duchess. You better ask her about it. Was she in the prison? The Queen said. The Cheshire cat began to fade away. So the cat had vanished completely. The King and soldiers ran around looking for it, but. Everyone has just shrugged and went back to playing croquet. Chapter nine. Who stole the tarts? Not much later, they were crying the distance. The trial is starting. And this heard what trial? She thought. She followed the crowd curious. Alice found the queen. And King seated on their thrones. A crowd of little birds and bees, as well as the whole pack of cards, was in the courtroom. The knave of hearts was standing before them in chains. Soldiers guarding him. The wild, each rabbit stood near the king with the trumpet in one hand and the scroll of parchment in the other. <clears throat> in the very middle of the court was a table with huge trees. On it, they looked delicious. Alice had never been in a courtroom before, but she had read them in books. She knew that they would be the judge for this trial. Trial. The judge was the king himself. Alice knew because. He was wearing a powdered white wig. She also knew that there would be a jury box, and in this trial, the jury box was filled with twelve little creatures. A mix of different animals. Jonas has lights on to wipe down even pieces of evidence. Some archers were already waiting. Well, there was nothing too important to happen. One jewel build a lizard. Had a pencil squeaked. This, of course, 
I just glanced down. She crept behind him and snatched the pencil away. She did it so quickly that poor Bill had no idea what happened to it and what left to write with one finger for the rest of the day. Which was of very good because it left no mark of his nails. Size and coat. The right rabbit caught. Read it, George! The king yelled. The white rabbit blew three blasts on his drum. Then he involved the pudding going and began to read. The queen of hearts, she made some tarts. All of a sudden, Mardia, the knave of hearts, he stole those tarts and took them quite away. Consider your, your trick. The king told the jury, not yet, the rabbit interrupted. There's a great deal to come before that. Call the first witness. Then, said the king, this was the hatter. He came in with the teacup in one hand and of bread and watching the other. I beg your pardon. Robert Majesty for bringing these in. But I haven't quite finished my tea when I was standing before. You should have finished, the king said. When did you begin? The hatter looked at the marshal, who had followed him into court with the dormouse. Now, 14 of March, king, said the hatter. 15, said the Marcia. Sixteen, said the Dormouse. Write that down, the king told the jury. The jury eagerly wrote down all three dates. Then the Added up and divided them into nonsense. Take off your hat. <laughs> the king told the hatter, It isn't mine, said the hatter. Stolen! The king yelled, The jury watches down. I keep them to sell. The hatter explained, I have no house of my own. I'm a hatter. Give your evidence. The king said, I don't mean nervous. Or I will have your head removed on the spot.
This means you have to even more nervous. He looked anxiously at the queen. She stared back angrily. Nervously, they had to put a large piece out of his teacup instead of his bread and butter. At this moment, as for the curious it seemed like he was going larger. At first, she thought she should get off and leave the court. But on second thought, she decided to stay when she was as long as there was room for her. Ah, but she won't squeeze. So, sudden dormouse. She was sitting next to her. I can hardly breathe. I can help it. I just said, I'm going. You don't have no right to go here. The dormouse snapped. Don't talk nonsense, Alice said. You know, you are going to. Mm. Yes. But it was not yes. Not in a ridiculous fashion. Dramas said. He got up and to another seat. The hatter was still trying to give his evidence. Then the dormouse said, The hatter was saying, He glanced over the dormouse. He was fast asleep. After that, the hatter continued, I cut some more bread and butter. But what did the dormouse say? from the jury that I can't remember the hatter said you must remember the king said or I will have a remove the hatter dropped his cup he went down on one knee to shake him I'm a poor man your majesty you're a very poor speaker, the king said. If that's all you have to say, you must stand down. I can't go any lower, the hatcher was just, I'm wonderful. Now, I, it is. Then you may sit down, the king said. The hatter rushed out of the court without another word. Just take off his head outside, the queen told one of the soldiers. But the hatcher was outside before the soldier could reach him. Call the next witness. The 
can get. The next witness was the Duchess Cook. She was carrying a paper with her. I want me that she entered the court. Give your evidence, the king said. One. The cook replied. The quick king crossed them. He found that the cook. What a task made of? He asked her. Pepper mostly. The cook said at once. Twizzle! said sleeping voice nearby. Remove the drawing mouse head! The queen shrieked in excitement. Turn the dog mouse on the cord. Pinch him! Off with his whiskers! For some minutes, the whole court was, court was in confusion. But the time they made the dog mouse leave, the court had disappeared. Never mind. The king said, Call the next witness. Alice watched at the white rabbit as he crumbled off the list. She was very curious to see who the next witness would be in. She was very surprised and the one rabbit read a loud thrill voice. The name? Alice. Chapter 10. Alice Evidence. Chapter 10. Alice Evidence. Here, Alice cried. She had forgotten how large she had grown. When she jumped up, she knocked over the jewelry box. The creatures on the jewelry fell out onto their heads. Oh, I beg your pardon, Alice exclaimed. She picked them as quickly as she could. Well, all the jewels were back in the box. Alice approached the witness stand. What do you know about this? The king asked. Nothing, Alice said. Nothing at all. The king persisted. Nothing at all, Alice said. That's very important. The king said, turning to the jury, they watered down. The white rabbit spoke up. Unimportant, your majesty, means of course. And the king he said, unimportant, of course, the king said. That's what it meant. Important, important, important. 
and important, important. He went on as is trying to see which word he liked best. Some creatures in the jury wrote down the word. Some wrote down the other. Alice could see this, but it doesn't matter a bit, she thought. The king called out, silence. He read out from his book. Rule 42. All persons more than a mile high must leave the court. Everyone turned to, to look to Alan. I'm not a mile high, she persisted. You are, the king said. I won't go, Alice said. Besides, there's not a real you just made it up. It's the oldest rule in the book, the king said. Then it would be rule number one. And I said, the king turned very pale. She, he shut his book. Concert your ordinance, he told the jury. Do White Rabbit jumped up, waving a piece of paper. Did more evidence, Your Majesty? He answered. A letter written by the prisoner, the knave of hearts, to somebody. It must have been to somebody. The king said, Unless it was written to nobody. Nobody. The mm, white rabbit opened the envelope. It's not a letter at all, Your Majesty. It's a poem. Please, Your Majesty, the name of hearts call out. I didn't write it. They can't prove that I did. There's no name singing at the end. The king thought for a moment. If you didn't sign it, that only makes it worse. You would have signed your name like an honest man until you wanted to make some mischief. The cloud crowd applauded. It was the first clever thing that Alice King said all day. That forces girl of course, the queen said. So Alfred is It doesn't prove anything of the sort, Alice interrupted. She'd grown so loud that she wasn't afraid out at all. Hold your tongue! The queen shouted, I won't. 
I'm sick. Off with her head! The queen screamed at the top of her lungs. Nobody moved! Who cares for you? Alice said. She had gone to her head for now. You're nothing but a pack of cards. And this, the whole pack of cards, rolled up in the air. They flew straight to Alice. And Alice, she screamed. She tried to beat them off. And found herself lying on the riverbank. She had her head in her sister's lap. Her sister was gently pushing away some leaves that had fallen from the tree above on to her face. Wake up, Alice dear, her sister was saying. Alice opened her eyes. Oh, I had such a curious dream, she said. And she told her sister every single thing she could remember. She had the most wonderful adventures. But they had seemed so real. It was so very hard to believe that it had only been a dream.